Now, I'd like to read with you, please, a few verses uh, from the Gospel of Luke. From the Gospel of Luke and chapter 23. We'll read from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 23, and this is concerning the time when the religious leaders and the people in Jerusalem sought to put the person of the Lord Jesus Christ to death by crucifixion. And we read as they led him away in verse 32, we read there were two others who were malefactors led with him to be put to death. And when they were come to the place which is called Calvary, there they crucified him and the malefactors, one on the right hand and the other on the left. Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lots. In verse 39, we read that one of the malefactors which were hanged reeled on him or blasphemed him, saying, If thou be Christ, save thyself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Dost not thou fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man hath done nothing amiss. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily, I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. And I'd like to read just another verse in chapter 24, just over the page in your Bible, chapter 24. And verse 45, this is the Lord Jesus again speaking after his death and resurrection. He's speaking uh, to his disciples and he says in verse 45, Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. And he said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behoved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins or forgiveness of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And that's all that I'd like to read with you. And we know that God will bless the reading of his own word. As we uh, consider the message of the gospel, and as perhaps there are some who are accustomed to coming to hear the message of the gospel, there are certain words uh, that are often used uh, to present the message. And as gospel preachers try and convey the message of the gospel, they would seek to convey it from different angles. And so as we preach, we often preach about the love of God in providing his Son. We often preach about the need of men in our sin. And we've read two of the words here in chapter 24 of the Gospel of Luke that are often used. And they, they express very clearly the, the message of salvation, repentance and forgiveness of sins, preached in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Repentance and forgiveness of sins. And so, regardless of the angle that we would approach the message of the gospel, really it comes back to, the, to these two uh, terms, to these two words. Repentance and forgiveness of sins. Preached 
through the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. You'll understand why it is that repentance is necessary before a soul can be saved. You understand why it is that a soul needs to repent of their sin. Even in a human standpoint, if someone is found guilty of sin and they're facing the judge, you'll understand that it would be obnoxious of that person to ask for a pardon if they hadn't turned from their sin, if their attitude towards their sin hadn't changed, and they wanted a pardon, you would understand, dear friend, that that just doesn't add up, even in a human level. And so it is when we consider our sin before God. For remember that it is God that you and I have sinned against. But dear friend, it's absolutely obnoxious of us as sinners to ask for pardon and forgiveness from God if we don't turn from our sin. Dear friend, can I just remind you another Lord's Day that if your sin is to be forgiven by God, you must first acknowledge that yes, I am a sinner in the sight of the God of heaven. If God is to move towards you in grace, And can we remind you again that that is God's longing desire for every soul in this meeting, God's heart this very evening. While he is in heaven, God's heart is moving towards you, longing to forgive you of your sin. But dear friends, you must repent of your sin. You must repent of your sin before you can know God's forgiveness. And so we have the other term as well, forgiveness, that can be preached and sounded forth to those who are in their sins, to those who are in danger of perishing. We can preach, dear friend, a message of forgiveness. Because, dear friend, forgiveness can be offered to you for your sin. Because the Lord Jesus Christ has borne the punishment that your sin deserves. The Lord Jesus Christ upon Calvary's cross. There, dear friend, when men in their hatred against Christ, they sought to put him to death. It was there upon Calvary's cross that God punished his own son. The weight of your sin and of mine was placed upon the person of God's son. And dear friend, he bore it all. All of my sin was laid upon him. And dear friend, all of your sin was laid by God upon his own son. And so, dear friend, the message of forgiveness can be preached to you. The forgiveness of your sin, if you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. But as we preach the message of the gospel and we use terms like repentance and we preach about forgiveness by believing on the Lord Jesus Christ, I fear at times, at least if I look in my own case, 
There were times and I was more occupied with my need to repent. And I was occupied with the fact that I needed to believe. And I struggled. And I struggled with knowing how to repent and how to believe. And I became, I became absorbed and fixated on trying to repent and in trying to believe on the person of God's Son. For the preachers often preached, and rightly so, that it was just faith in Christ that saves a soul. But dear friend, I struggled with knowing how to repent. And I struggled with knowing how to believe. And so it is, as I thought on that, that I was thinking again of the two malefactors that were crucified at the same time as the Lord Jesus Christ. And we've read together here of one of the malefactors. And while he was there hanging on a cross, suffering the pains of crucifixion, he came into the blessing of God's salvation. He came to know what it was to have his sins forgiven. He had the assurance from the Saviour himself of a home in heaven. And you'll notice that as we read those verses together, we don't read of him repenting. We don't read the word repent. We don't read the word believe. No, dear friend, We've read together, and I would just like, before the close of this meeting, just to consider with you what it was about that malefactor upon the cross that enabled him to receive God's salvation. He only had a few hours for it. It wasn't days or weeks of repentance that he needed. He didn't have that time. It wasn't weeks of anxiety or struggling to believe. He didn't have that time. But just in a few moments upon the cross, he accepted Christ as a saviour. And dear friend, I should emphasise that while we don't read the word repent, while we don't read the word believe, that's exactly what he did. We've read together of how one of the malefactors was blaspheming the Lord Jesus Christ. And the other malefactor, he answered and he rebuked him. And he said, Dost not thou fear God? He said, We indeed justly receive the due reward of our deeds. And there, there as that malefactor was upon the cross, he recognized that he was receiving just exactly what he deserved. Dear friend, that's repentance. That malefactor had lived a life of sin. He had lived a life of rebellion against God. But dear friend, there as he was, as he was suffering the pain of crucifixion upon the cross, and as he knew that in a few hours he would leave this world by the death of crucifixion, he recognized this. He said, we receive justly the due reward of our deed. And so, dear friend, can I encourage you this evening just to consider again that each one of us, each one of us, deserves to receive the punishment of God against our sin. 
Each one of us has sinned against God, and we justly deserve to be punished for our own sin. And so, dear friend, we would plead with you. We would plead with you this very day just to, just to recognize exactly where you are before the God of heaven. Just to recognize exactly where you stand in light of the God of heaven. Dear friend, we, we justly deserve God's punishment against our sin. You'll notice also that as this malefactor was looking there over to his, his comrade on the other cross, and as he was looking at his comrade, he could also look to the Lord Jesus Christ. And he said to his comrade as he looked at the Lord Jesus Christ, he said, this man hath done nothing amiss. And dear friend, as that malefactor looked there at the Lord Jesus Christ upon the cross, he recognized that this man on the center cross is altogether different. He had done nothing amiss. And yet, dear friend, I judge he understood as he asked himself, well then, why is he suffering upon the cross? Why is he suffering the pain of Roman crucifixion if he's done nothing amiss? And as that malefactor hanging on the cross looked at the person of God's beloved son, he could say, this man has done nothing amiss. But he recognized that he must suffer upon the cross. He recognized that the person of God's Son must die. Because, dear friend, he had done nothing amiss. But he was dying for your sin. There on Calvary's cross, the Lord Jesus Christ wasn't suffering for his own sin. No, dear friend, he was absolutely perfect. But there upon Calvary's cross, friend, Christ died for our sin, according to the Scriptures. And so, dear friend, as that malefactor recognized there on the cross in his last few hours upon this world, he recognized that he received the due punishment for his sin. He recognized that the Lord Jesus Christ had done nothing amiss. He said, Lord, remember me. He said, Lord, remember me. And so, dear friend, while we don't read that he believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, we don't read the word believed. But, dear friend, he just recognized his need. He recognized his need as a sinner that was soon to leave time for eternity. Does he recognize his need? He appreciated that his only hope of salvation was found in the person of God's Son. And he said, Lord, remember me. So, dear friend, can we encourage you this evening? If there's a soul that would like to be saved, don't get occupied with your need to repent. Don't get occupied with your need to believe. Dear friend, can we encourage you? Get occupied with the person of God's Son. And just like that malefactor was able there to look to Christ upon the cross, 
Dear friend, we encourage you this evening. Look to the person of God's beloved Son. And as you look to him, you will become convicted of your own sin. Dear friend, as you look to Christ, you will come to appreciate. If you look with an attitude of repentance, you will appreciate that Christ died for my sin upon the cross. Dear friend, dear friend, that's all I have for eternity. That's all I have for eternity. The fact that Christ died for my sin. Dear friend, he died for my sin. Dear friend, this evening he has died for your sin. And so we plead with you this evening, don't continue in your sin any longer. Don't continue without Christ. Friend, we plead with you, look to Christ in faith. Look to Christ and appreciate that Christ has died for my sin. Well, you say, Thomas, you've been speaking now about looking to Christ. You say, I'm struggling with looking to Christ. Well, I judge that we all know how to look to Christ. There were two men, can I remind you, that were looking at Christ that day. The malefactor who got saved, he looked to Christ and he said, This man hath done nothing amiss. There was another malefactor. And he was able to look at the same person the person of God's beloved Son. And as he looked there at the Lord Jesus Christ suffering upon the cross, he blasphemed him and said, If thou be the Christ, save thyself and us. And so, dear friend, you have the choice this evening. You can live your life and look to Christ in derision you can look to Christ in mockery and like the multitude, you can pass by mocking him. Like the malefactor, dear friend, you can reel on him. But dear friend, remember that those who looked on Christ that day will look on Christ in another day when he will reign and he will reign as judge. And we read in our Bible that every eye shall see him. So, dear friend, we plead with you this evening. We plead with you this evening, don't pass by the Saviour. Don't look to Christ in mockery. Don't look to Christ in derision. Dear friend, look to Christ in faith. Look to him in all your need. And appreciate that there on the cross, Christ died for my sin, according to the Scriptures. May God bless his word. Father, we bow now at the close of our meeting together, and we pray for souls who have heard the message of the gospel. And Father, we ask that they would find it difficult this evening to pass by the Saviour, without looking to him in faith. We ask, Father, that there would be souls who would be willing
to turn from their sin and to look to Christ and appreciate that Christ has died for our sins. We thank thee, Father, that thou didst give thy Son. We thank thee that thou didst not spare thine own Son, but didst deliver him up for us all. And Father, we thank thee that salvation is available through him. And so we pray that there would be souls who would get to Christ even this evening and trust him for salvation. We look to thee now. We ask that we would be parted with thy blessing upon each one, asking all and giving again to thee our thanks in the precious name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.